0: Hey, Pastor Brian here. I want to thank you for tuning in to Rock House Baptist Church Podcast. I hope this message inspired you. I hope it encourages you to fulfill God's purpose for your life. Now, for today's message. Now, this morning, I, I really, to be honest with you, hadn't planned on saying a whole lot. But as I kept putting God off this week, he kept saying, I've got a word for you. I've got a word for people this morning. Our sermon title this morning is Made Alive in Christ. Amen. I just seen a lot of folks just a moment ago tell us how they were once dead in their trespasses, in their wrongdoings, and in their sin, and now they are made alive in Christ. And that's an abundant life here on earth. That's peace. That surpasses all understanding. That's truth that you can stand on. I preached a funeral the other day, and as I was going up, the other gentleman with me, he said, the word of God is all you need to stand on. And boy, how that struck me as I was going up. The word of God is all we need. I love the song there, uh, that John was singing there. Uh, I've got Jesus. How could I want more? Amen. I've got Jesus. And then Wade comes up and he hums about as good as I do and sings, but it's from the heart. The old rugged cross. how I want to exchange it someday for a crown. Amen. I kept praying over this service and prayed over this service. And if you all knew the prayers that went in today and into 2021, uh, I'm sure you've prayed as much as I have. But no doubt in my mind, that God is still in control, that God is still on the throne. We're going to start 2021 the same way 2020 was, with God still on the throne, God still being in control. We need to focus our eyes upon Him and not on anything else, not on a sickness, not on a virus, not on a financial situation, a marital situation. I promise you, if you put your eyes on the Lord, Everything else is going to work out. Now, I'm not saying it's a bed of roses or the streets of gold. That's promised to us later. But it will work out, I promise you that. I kept reminding myself as I read through Ephesians chapter 2, which is where we're going to be today. Ephesians chapter 2 in the first 10 verses. I kept reminding myself of how how good God truly is. I don't know about you, but I believe I am here for a purpose. Right, Brother Wade? Amen. We're here for a purpose. I I go on to say that uh, He's kept you alive for a reason. Right? He's kept you alive for a reason. This morning I want you to know that there's no mountain my God can't move. That there's no chain my God can't break. That there's no habit my God can't take away. And that there's no sickness that my God can't cure. Can I get amen? Amen. Thank you, Lord. My God's name, the Bible says, is the name that is above every name. You name it, he's above it. My Bible says, the Holy Bible says, that my God owns cattle on a thousand hills. There's nothing that he can't and won't do for his children. If you are a believer today, you are in Christ. You are made alive in Christ. I believe these cardboard testimonies speak of God's holy power and his holy presence. You didn't come up and testify because of anything that somebody else has done for you other than Jesus Christ. Amen. Brother Ezra, I see you here today and I prayed that he'd be here today because we were on a youth trip to uh, Mr. Gaddy's or somewhere in Lexington. I'm not sure what he's even doing. Lord, help us. But I was kind of testifying to Brother Ezra, and uh, and I was going over this and that, my problems, you know, and all this and that. And he pulled out, but God, (laughs) who is rich in mercy, because of his great love for us, amen? For by grace we have been saved. But God, the two most powerful words, I think, in the Bible. You can go through the Old Testament, In the life of Joseph, in the life of Jacob, in the life of Moses, all the way through Paul. But God will be there. God intervened for us. Amen. I can't thank him enough. And I read what Paul had wrote here in Ephesians. And it reminded me about how terrible sin truly is. Sin is an awful, awful thing. Please don't ever think that it's not. Sin does this for you and I, or to you and I. It separates us from a holy and loving God. There's nothing worse than being separated from our God who loves us enough, hear me this morning, to send His only begotten Son that what whosoever believeth shall not perish but have everlasting life. There's nothing no more to be said. We ought to drop the mic and run off the stage and sing holy, holy, holy just like the angels do in the presence of the Lord. How many believe that Jesus is alive and well this morning? Amen? I know He is. I know He is. And if that's the case, we have hope today and in the ages to come. And that's what we're going to read about this morning. This passage truly deserves weeks to be preached. Uh, It sure don't deserve 15 minutes. It deserves a lot more. But this morning, we're going to go through it. We're going to talk about some of the highlights that... Apostle Paul, when he wrote this, no doubt in my mind, God was speaking to him, saying, look, remind them (laughs) that they are rich beyond measure. Remind them that they have all that they need in Christ. So I want to ask you this morning, before we get into our Scripture, are you walking with God? Can you truly say, I get up each morning And he's one of the first things on my mind. Let me back up. That he's the first thing on my mind. When I lay down at night, that he's the last thing I think about. Are you fulfilling the plans that he has for your life? You may have went off course a little bit. But he'll steer you back. Maybe you're like the first bit of scripture that we're going to read this morning and you're wandering from God. You have No purpose. No, you're wandering aimlessly, trying to hit a target that you don't even know is out there. Or maybe you just asked him into your life, like Miss Jaislin, and you're trying to awake to his presence and his purpose for your life. Whatever you are, and wherever you are, God has a purpose and a plan for you. And I guarantee you this part of that is that he wants you to be a testimony to others for him. That's what we're here on earth for, to tell others about him. So without further ado, let's look at verses one through three. That's Ephesians chapter two, verses one through three. The apostle Paul writes, And you were dead in your trespasses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, Of the prince that is now working in the sons of the disobedient. Among them, we too all. Paul says we all did. Not just one, we all did. We all previously lived in the lust of our flesh. Indulging the desires of the flesh and of the mind. And were by nature children of wrath. That means we were subject to God's wrath. And we did not want to do anything positive. Just as the rest, Paul writes, what Paul is saying here this morning is that we were not physically dead, obviously. When you were lost, you were still breathing and soaking in air and taking up space. As my old football coach used to say, don't just take up space, do something. Okay? Paul's saying here that we are spiritually dead. That we were separated from God. We were no use living without Him. We were not fulfilling His purpose. We were following our fleshly desires. In short, sin is an archery term. Brother Ezra was was to point this out on that same trip. Which means to miss the mark. Archers shoot at a bullseye trying to hit it. More often than not, they're probably going to miss the mark. I would go ahead and say that out of 100 shots, if they hit 99 and they missed one, guess what? They had fell short, just like us. If we try to live our life by doing 99 good things, (laughs) and we mess up just once, the Bible says in Romans that all fall short of the glory of God. We're born into it. There's nothing that we can do. As good as Gary is, all around him as a person, Gary's a sinner. Brian Hubbard's a sinner. Everybody in here is a sinner. But here's what I love about Scripture and about God. Paul warns us about all these things, and about our actions, about our, how we care for people and how we should be careful as Christians. How we should be cautious, how we put words out there for others to judge us by. Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2 says this about our lives and how we should live. The Apostle Paul writes, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. That's how you're to live. Acceptable to God, which you, I'm sorry, which your spiritual service of worship. And do not, hear this young teenagers, hear these people who's looking for a purpose verse 2 Romans chapter 12 verse 2 and do not be conformed to this world but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove that the will what the will of God is and that is good and acceptable and perfect you hear that don't be conformed to the world so the bottom line is that we're born in the sin in the old testament In Ecclesiastes chapter 7, verse 20, it says this, Indeed, there is not a righteous person on earth who always does good and does not ever sin. I know I'm preaching to the choir to a lot of us. We know that we were lost. We know that without Jesus we're nothing. But there's one. If there's not one in here today, there's one you know. Amen? There's one you've been praying about. There's one you need to show love. Maybe not hit them with the wrath of God so much as to tell them how much Jesus loves them and what He'd done for them and what He did on the old rugged cross. 1 John chapter 1, verse 9 says this, If we confess our sins, He is faithful in righteousness so that He will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Do you hear how easy that was? For us, and how is that? Is how is that? How easy that is for us. I'll get it out eventually. I can't get over the quote that Charles Spurgeon had said about sin. When he said, "If you don't know how damaging it is, look at what it cost our Savior." Sin's a terrible, terrible thing. I'm not saying we're not going to sin. It's seeming meaningful. Knowing what you're doing and still walking in that darkness of light, thinking that, you know what, I can go on doing this and still call myself little Christ, which is a Christian. We need to be cautious of that. We need to be cautious of what we say to people and and how we condone ourselves. Out of 100 people, 99 let me back up. Out of 100 people, one person is going to read the Bible. The other 99 is going to do what? Read the Christian. You're going to be the only Bible that some people read. I testify about Mike all the time. I told you one day, I don't know if he ever told me he loved me. Then he shouted it out from the back. But he showed me he loved me. I knew he meant well. He meant for me to prosper, as we're going to talk about in just a minute. And I think about how all this is possible. How can it be that we're made perfect? And how can it be that we're made holy and without a spot or blemish? Well, I'm glad you asked. Thank you this morning. Starting out 2021 well. Let's look at verses 4 through 7. But God, being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings or trespasses, some Bibles say, made us alive together with Christ. Amen. By grace you have been saved. God's riches at Christ's expense is which we are alive today. And raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. That is a place that you have waiting for you. Christ is ready for you to come home and be seated with Him in the heavenly places so that in the ages to come, Paul says, He might show the boundless riches of His grace and kindness toward us in Christ Jesus. My goodness. I hope you're not just hearing these words and it's going in one ear and out the other. I hope these words, when, when it says that He might show us the boundless riches... It took eternity for God. He's going to spend all of eternity showing us how much He loves us. And it's because of His great mercy you and I live today. And more importantly, let me ask you this, what's more important than being alive today where you're at right now? Being alive eternally. That's what's important. While you're here, we use the gifts, Brother Wade says, to advance the gospel. I love Philippians 1.18. What doesn't matter as long as the gospel is always being advanced. You see, we were dead, wandering away from God, but God had a plan to wake us. There is not a person in this world. Let's get personal here for a moment. There is not a personal person in this world, a little tongue-tied this morning, that can honestly say that they don't need help in some form or fashion. I'm your pastor. I need all kinds of help. I need prayers. (laughs) I need a lot. There's nobody in here that says in their inner being, you know what? I'm perfect. I don't need a prayer. I don't need this. It doesn't matter if it's physically, emotionally, financially, spiritually. We all need some form of help. What if I told you that there was one place all that can be found? That there was one place... One person, one being that can solve all of that and help you through it. Hmm. Now hear me out. We're not preaching a prosperity gospel where we say Jesus is going to put more money in your bank account. It's not necessarily the case. We're not saying he's all of a sudden going to change damaged relationships. I'm not saying that. But I promise you this. If you pray, God, stamp eternity on my eyeballs where when I see others and I see the world, I'm not looking at them, but I'm looking at what? Eternity. I'm looking at them from an eternity perspective. I'm looking at my life in this world from an eternity perspective. Stamp eternity on my eyeballs. I can promise you this. Things will start looking a little different. They will. You know how much the world's changed since I've been saved? It's probably got worse in five years. But to me, I see it so different. I see people trying to share the gospel. Remember, if they deny it, they're not denying you. They're denying Jesus. And Jesus says to keep going back. Keep going back to Him. Hit the highways and the byways. God wants you and I to love people the way he does. He wants you and I to care for people the way he does. He wants you and I to care about the things he does. Did God care a lot about money? Didn't save him. As a matter of fact, I'm pretty sure he was sold for some. Didn't do that guy no good. Read the scriptures. We need to care about the things God cares about. Verses 8 through 10 says this. So beautiful. For by grace you have been saved through faith. This is not of yourselves. It is a gift from God. Not a result of works, so that no one may boast. For we are His workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand, so that we would walk in them. Let me make this clear this morning. There's nothing more that you can do or nothing less that you can do that would change the way God loves you. He loved you when you was a sinner. He loves you now that you're a saint. He wants us all across the river and come over to the saint's side. Trust me on that. But His love was shown for us on the cross. Some of my favorite scripture in Romans chapter 5, verses 6 through 9, says this. <laughs> Here, go home with this. Go home with this, please. While we were still helpless, at the right time, Christ died for the ungodly. Verse 7 is us. For one will hardly die for a righteous person. Yeah, I might, I might do that for Brother Bill Sumner. He's a pretty good guy. Not what Christ said. Though perhaps for a good person, someone would even dare to die. You know, I might. Go do that for him because he's been awful good to me. But verse 8 says, But God demonstrates his own love toward us, that's all of us, in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. You know what that tells me? He had a plan for you. He had a plan for me. That while I was still a sinner, he loved me enough to die for me because he knew there was, as verse 10 says right here, Great works, good works, which He had prepared beforehand for us to walk in them. That's why God died for you. Verse 9 says, Much more then, having now been justified by His blood. Brother Steve Sizemore saying amen. We shall be saved from the wrath of God through Him. Who is Him? Jesus Christ. We must remember that God hates sin. But we also got to remember what's really important. His love for us outweighed sin so much that before unleashing the wrath on us, knocking us out, just vanishing, poof, gone. Here's what He did. (laughs) He sent His Son to be an advocate for us. We have the great defense lawyer. When, When a sin comes up on our hands, Christ says, you know what? Mm, Forgiven. (laughs) When I did this in the past, Christ says, forgiven. You know what? I failed today. I got mad at my girls. Probably said some things in my head, which is true. Christ says, forgiven. He knows I don't want to sin or mean to sin or try to sin. He knows it's coming. to understand that God's blood will cover that, is life-changing. It's life-changing. I promise you. It took me from drinking and riding a four-wheeler to doing all the bad stuff to trying to tell you about how much Jesus Christ loves you. Amen? That's what it done for me. It changed my life. Saved my marriage. Brought me kids. God knew I couldn't handle kids five years ago because I wasn't doing what was right. But when I was obedient to him, when I give him all that I have, he said, I've got a little more for you. You know what? I ain't going to give you just one. <laughs> Get ready. Here comes two. Whew. Two girls. Amen. <laughs> our salvation <laughs> is a gift from God. We cannot earn it. There's nothing that we can do in our power but to surrender. You want to uh, go to heaven? Wave the white flag. You want to go to heaven and live abundantly here? Have heaven on earth? Wave the white flag. Lay it all down. He did for the spiritually dead what we could never do. That was to make us alive. Verse 10 shows us why God chose us. A little rhyme there. His grace, his love, his mercy all moved him to save us. He saved us because we were a masterpiece that he had created. Don't think you're from anything else, students, other than a masterpiece that God has created. Amen? Don't let science fool you. You're created by the one true God. And here is what he says about you in Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 11. Probably half the people in here can quote this. But here's what God says about us. For I know the plans that I have for you, declares the Lord, plans for prosperity and not for disaster, to give you a hope and to give you a future. God knows us better than we know ourselves. What I thought was good for me, he said, oh, no, boy, (laughs) that was totally wrong. We can only fulfill our purpose if we're abiding in him. John 15 says he's the true vine. Apart from him, we're thrown in the fire like brush. This morning, I'm so thankful not only to be your pastor. I'm so thankful for the goodness of God that he would change my life. That he would prepare me for this. There's no way that Brian Hubbard knows enough about Scripture to be doing this. But he prepares our hearts. (laughs) He prepares you to go speak to people who are lost. He prepares you to reach others that I can't reach. There's people in here that Brad can talk to, that Sophie can talk to, that Wyatt can talk to, that Matt can, and so on, that I ain't got a clue of how to even say anything other than, you know, God loves you, which I know is enough. But everybody in here has a purpose. And my prayer for 2021 is this, and I I almost want to hang this verse over our church. Jeremiah chapter 29, verse 13. God said this, And you will seek me and find me when you search me with all your heart. That's how you change. That's how we're going to change the world. Is when we search him with all our heart. And we tell others about it with everything that we have. I don't know about you, but I want an abundant life. I'm living it, buddy. It's wide open in my house. Uh, I want to have an everlasting joy, and everlasting peace, that when I'm broken, I ain't got a dollar till that stimulus check comes, that I don't need it. I don't need it. I've got all I need in my heart. We got to seek him, church. You want to make a change? It ain't about anything other than telling people about Jesus Christ. Let's remember the one who saved us, the one who died for us, the one who brought us here, the reason we're here. I want to close in prayer. Heavenly Father, I thank you, Lord, so much. God, for what you've done for us. Lord, where would I be without you? As the old song says, (laughs) there was Jesus. In the waiting and in the hurting, in the searching, there was Jesus. Lord, I pray if there's somebody searching for that everlasting peace, that joy, that they know that Jesus is right there. If there's somebody here in the bottom of their spirituality, Lord, they know you, but Father, they are hurting. Lord, they don't have an answer. There is Jesus. Lord, what He done on the cross is enough. You tell us that our sins are cast as far as East is from the West, from one nail to the other. Lord, I pray that we seek you with all of our heart. Lord, that you have to just give us things to do to fulfill your purpose. Lord, I know you created me for a purpose. I pray everybody in here knows that they were created for a purpose as well. God, let us not leave here today without thinking of you and what your son did for us on the cross. As we open this altar, Lord, I pray that we take a moment before we have the Lord's Supper here in just a little bit that we really focus on Jesus Christ and what he's done for us. I pray that they understand that this altar is open for prayer not just for prayer, Father, but for healing. It's in Jesus' most precious name we pray. Amen. Again, thank you for tuning in. You can also find us on Facebook.com by searching Rockhouse Baptist Church or you can go to our website rockhousebaptist.org Thank you for listening.